This is Transistor.fm. This podcast is brought to you by Active Campaign. You know, a lot of folks want to be able to send email campaigns and do all this fancy marketing automation stuff that everyone's talking about, but they don't want to spend hundreds of dollars a month. There's there's one provider that you, I'm not sure if they still do, but they used to charge fifteen hundred dollars up front just to use them. Active Campaign doesn't do any of that. In fact, if you go to ActiveCampaign.com/slash/buildyoursas, you get two months free, a second month free, a free migration from any other platform, and two free one-on-ones. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson, and I'm having an existential capitalist crisis. Uh oh. <laughs> Guess we better get into that. <laughs> this is, there's, there's nothing worse than having a business partner. partner and it'll be even worse if you feel this way too. <laughs> having a business partner who is constantly questioning the underpinnings of the capitalist system that we're building the business on. Uh, maybe not constantly, but yeah, I do. You're in that boat too. I, yeah, I wish it wasn't. Yeah, I wish it wasn't quite the same as it is. I mean, you're you, and you even have a little bit better of a situation being in Canada. Mm. Yeah, we have a little bit more. I I think, okay, so let me tell you about this rabbit hole I fell into. And I, I fall into this every once in a while. And in fact, I think I've been falling into this rabbit hole ever since I had business ethics at university with uh, Jim, oh, what was his, what was, is it, oh, I can't remember his last name now, Professor Jim. The conventional capitalist idea is that if your business isn't growing, it's dying. Have you heard of that? Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Maybe not that exact quote, but that seems to be the general thinking. Yeah. In fact, there's a, a great quote by our friend Jason Cohen that I'm going to get Chris to put in here where he says, So now the bad news. Let's say all of this works. You create this little company, and you, do, you have no employees or just a few employees you actually like working with, and it's chunking out 30, 40K a month in profit, maybe. That'd be nice. And everything's going well. What happens next? It keeps growing. That's what it does. That's what companies that are successful do. They don't stop. And so if it keeps growing and you don't hire people to work on support, then you're going to give bad customer support. Is that okay? Is that all right for you? Is that the kind of company you wanted to build that you enjoy working on? And do you hire more people? There's this idea uh, that companies need to grow to survive. Yeah. And I know some people disagree with this. Uh, I know this because I've been tweeting these thoughts and people are replying to me. Uh, but I think you and I have even explored this when we talked. We actually kicked this whole thing off. You know how I fell down this rabbit hole is because when Jason Zook, damn you, Jason Zook, 
asked us what is our enough number, and then we yeah we, yeah we talked about this yeah yeah. And do you remember what we said? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, John, do you, John? It's it's nine a.m. on a Friday. I feel like I'm just sending you some softballs. <laughs> yeah, a hundred k a month. I don't know what we say. Uh, I think we said. And I think it was you that said this, so this is the that's what's funny is if we can't really stop because in a SaaS business, you have churn that will eventually chip away at your business until it right. is ground down to nothing. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean I I suppose we can't stop marketing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we have to keep growing as long as churn is kept as long as like we replace the churn with new people. Mm-hmm. But that's not really growing. That's just sustaining. And I think at a certain point, that's fine for certain businesses. Yes. Maybe. I, this is what I'm trying to... These, these are the things right. I'm trying to but, question. Yeah. But I mean, I think there was a reply to your tweet Yeah, along the lines of, if you're not growing and you're not shrinking, you're not dying. Like you're just... It depends what you want to grow for. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I'm looking at these two responses, and again, I want to be on their side philosophically, but hmm. I, there's part of this, and I'm still exploring it. I'm still trying to figure out what does this all mean? Uh, how does this actually work? And it opens up bigger and bigger questions. Okay, well, let, let's just let's talk about two ideas. One, inflation is a thing. Um, and now I've got to go and look into all the reasons there's inflation. But if, if we said we were going to stop at, let's say, 50K MRR, and we're going to just stay there year after year, uh, steady with, you know, we, we account for churn, and we're just replacing that churned revenue with new revenue from new customers. Right. If inflation continues to be a thing, then it won't be enough because that will also chip away at our, um, that's true. And so inflation, let's say is 3% or I don't know what it is, but 3% a year. But in order to keep up with inflation, you can't just grow 3%. Um, you actually have to grow more than that, right? Because by the time, uh, you've paid, uh, if you just grew at 3%, it wouldn't be enough once it gets down to the employees and owners. You, you have to have enough to to um, keep them on pace with inflation. Right. So that's that's one reason you can't just stay at one number. The other thing is, my specific angle in this tweet is... I think I, at the beginning I say, you know, the conventional capitalist in me knows that if your business isn't growing, it's dying. But the burgeoning ecologist in me knows that our planet can't sustain perpetual economic growth. For many people in SaaS, although I was surprised by how many people don't agree with this, you know, how much MRR is enough is a silly question because in the current model, your business has to keep growing or it will eventually die. And I'm actually surprised that folks are debating that as much. Like, I'm not sure if they're debating it from a uh, uh, the standpoint of, like, they wish it were different or mm-hmm. they just believe it is currently different. Right. Yeah, I think there's also a big distinction between growing 
sustainably to keep your business alive and growing it is devouring everything in your path yeah and i again i'm 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 right there with you <laughs> but <laughs> but i'm i'm even i'm questioning some even deeper things which is every business needs to grow from zero to their enough number right right and then there is a lot of folks that say once you've reached your enough number even that is not enough because churn, inflation, and then actually uh, many other dynamics of our global economy will require you to keep growing or will at, at the very least make you reliant on other growing sectors. <laughs> like the in even to replace churn, you need something to be growing somewhere in the world. I, unless, yeah. in, unless the world is a perfect cyclical system, um, and I think there's a number of reasons why it's not. You can't even just replace churn and tread water without there being growth somewhere else in the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay, so now let me let me just and I realize. Listen, folks, I'm not. I, I might be a complete idiot here, so feel free to respond to any of this. But even the growth that's required for a small business to go from zero to enough, if we have thousands or millions of small businesses around the world and emerging economies in China and India that also want to go from zero to enough, even that is an incredible amount of growth. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to wrestle with some this really big thought, thinking, whatever, of wow like we are really built on a system that is unsustainable and there's folks in in my in this tweet thread that are saying you know it doesn't have to be based on you know i said resource extraction population growth and energy usage you know, some people are saying economic growth doesn't necessarily depend on increased resource extraction, population growth, or energy usage. And again, I maybe I'm an idiot, but unless the world economy is a perfect cyclical system, it has to be based on extracting more resources, having more consumers come online, and using more energy. And if we look at our history so far... <laughs> Yeah. I think we could say that the the current economic system we've had since it's not a it's not a great track record at since the Adam I mean, Smith. Yeah. Right. I mean I think we're in a particularly unique position right now in that growth is still sort of chased at all costs and it's not being mm -hmm. in in most most respects. It's not they're ignoring the the downsides of yeah, gr trying to grow slower or or using a different types of resources or recycled resources or different types of energy. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough position because obviously as a, as a company, you want to grow. And if those technologies aren't available yet, then you don't really have much of a choice unless you're a huge company like Apple and you can just build your own mm -hmm. basically power system. Yeah. But even like, let's just talk about Apple for a sec because... Again, part of me, there's there's this part of me that just 
wants to just naively be like, yeah, Apple's going to take care of it. And they're, they're already doing a great job. And, you know, they, every product announcement, they say, now we're using 20% post-recycled aluminum. <laughs> or they're great at marketing. Yes. And I'm not, I'm not even trying to be uh, uh, cynical and say, you know, those things aren't worth doing. But if we take Apple's, uh, Apple's business as a whole, it is still reliant on resource extraction. They, they, aren't, mm-hmm. they aren't in a cyclical system, not even close to yeah. uh, recycling most, like reusing most of the, the materials in their devices. They're reliant on increasing population or at least tapping into bigger populations than, you know, like they went from the United States to China. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, they're not doing as good lately because China's economy is not doing great. And energy usage. So th- that may be one where potentially uh, people can um, reduce their impact but the way our grids work um yeah apple can be on solar but they're they're still relying on a grid that is not solar right like at at nighttime when the sun's down and they need to keep their iCloud servers up they're not they're, they're not using batteries they're using the grid and the grid is using coal and natural gas and everything else yeah i i'm only bringing this up because I really want to ruin everyone's day. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a good thing to think about. You can't ignore it. It it is it is such a huge problem now that it's really hard to become overwhelmed by it if you let yourself. Like if you just think of the scale of everything in this world, it's mm-hmm. unimaginable almost. Like I look at the amount of waste that like I don't know a grocery store makes in a day and then scale that out to the entire world and you're like how is this even work how does anyone eat yes <laughs> like it it's it's kind of crazy i i think so you know uh is it yvonne Schunald, the founder of uh patagonia oh yeah uh, you've heard uh, of him yeah um is that the guy yeah i, I might be saying his first name wrong Okay. It's Y V O N Schwinal. Oh yeah. Um I'll I'll paste this link in the show notes, Fast Company, an exclusive interview with Patagonia founder. And he actually kind of echoes something you just said, which is you were you were kind of alluding to the fact that, you know, maybe it's impossible for human beings to completely eradicate the growth and harm we do to the environment, but we can at least slow it down. I feel like there is a point where it is. I mean, things have to change. Consumer consumer habits have to change, but then obviously growth slows down. But I have to want to believe that there's, there is a point where things like energy usage and resource extraction become less of a problem mm-hmm. as either recycling gets better we can figure out ways to use different resources that are renewable or and energy usage becomes 100% renewable mhm which i think it kind of has to 
mm-hmm. at some point. Otherwise, I mean, kind of done. Like, but, yeah. But yeah, I think you could, and you could still have growth at that point if it was actually sustainable. Yeah, and this is actually reminded me in. 2016, I wrote this <laughs> this blog post called "Virtual Reality Could Save the Planet." Um, <laughs> but the one of the the ideas I had in this is that okay, if growth is if our economy does need growth, like the current economic model requires growth again, and this is debated. Like there's some people who debate this that say the economic model doesn't require growth. I I'm still not seeing it. Um, the, the, at, at least from in evidence of what has actually happened, um, right. that the economy is not cyclical. What one solution that's interesting in terms of slowing growth is that, and then again we have to look into the numbers. But digital consumption uh, requires energy, and it requires the fabrication of devices that people consume the digital things on. But theoretically. It could it can reduce real world resource extraction. Like in 2009, there was a study. Cleantech concluded that purchasing three ebooks per month for four years produces 168 kilograms of CO2 throughout the Kindle's life cycle, compared to the estimated 1,074 kilograms of CO2 produced by the same number of printed books. So 168 kilograms of CO2 versus 1,000. I feel like that's one of the only examples of that, though. Like, what else? You can't... It's not going to feed you. It's not going to... Yeah. It's not going to... I mean, I guess it it could could make things like travel and business travel less of a requirement, but even that stuff is going way up. I mean, even that is growing. Yeah. But there's at least the potential... See, I think because eventually human beings just want to have a place to stand, right? We we just want to have a philosophical place to stand that lets us sleep at night. And this is why people take positions on, and some of them are just unrealistic. But it, there's there's some 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 solace in knowing. Well, at least I've I've kind of resolved that existential crisis in my brain, right? And I think. I think where I'm kind of going is, and it, again, it, it's a little bit naive, but it's like, well, maybe all we can do is slow down population growth, slow down resource extraction, and slow down energy consumption. As long as humans are a thing, we are going to continue, unless something really crazy happens that I, yeah. I just haven't thought of, like unless we can create an almost completely closed loop cyclical system. Uh, but th- those don't really exist. Like even Earth is not a closed loop. It it gets energy from the sun, mm-hmm. uh, and most of what we ha- of the material we have here is was deposited, you know, billions of years ago mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Um, but it feels like the the most practical and ethical thing to do as capitalists in 2019, and I'm talking to you and I like we're we've talked also about like air travel and like all this other stuff is for us to say how can we slow down our personal consumption and how can we slow down our you know our business's consumption I guess and how can we how can we 
how can we also maybe be okay with slower growth from a a revenue standpoint i guess do you understand how tricky this gets like it, <laughs> it is tricky is anyone still listening if you're still listening <laughs> tweet us at transistor fm uh it it's just so hard it cuz you can have Basically, we want to figure out how are we going to live our lives? How are we going to run this company? How are we going to wake up every day? Like, am I going to buy this cup of coffee or am I not? Am I going to replace this MacBook Pro or am I not? Am I going to encourage people to listen to podcasts or am I not? Each of those, I mean, like you said, I guess you can't think about it too much or you'll just drive yourself crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, you could become completely overwhelmed. By just right, the scale of everything happening. Yeah, but on the other hand, one of the things I th- think about, in some ways, one of the reasons I'm thinking about this now is because, and this kind of um, leads into our next topic. But we have enough revenue in Transistor that I have relaxed a lot, mm-hmm. and I I now have more space to think, and so, you know, I'm trying to take care of my emotional um, well-being. I'm trying to take it, you know, I'm, but I have more space. It's just like I, I'm not, I'm not uh, kind of desperately trying to find the next dollar to feed my family. Right. Yeah, and I think with that space probably comes, obviously comes with it, the space to, you know, take care of your emotional well-being, but also the space to think about stuff like this and, and, try to find better ways to run a business or Mm -hmm. um, which I think, you know, in in some respects, like companies like Apple and Amazon, they're so big and have so much revenue that they kind of have the ability to do that too. Like they have Mm -hmm. so much R and D money Mm -hmm. that places like, like Apple, whether we think of them as, I don't know, some forward thinking, like, progressive company they are doing a lot of good work in that area Mm -hmm. whereas like i look at amazon and especially jeff bezos and like he's using his money to like build a rocket to mars like Mm -hmm. honestly who gives a shit like yeah yeah like space is interesting and amazing but like use that money here and like develop some sort of i don't know let's whatever some problems Some, some new power source or the food system. I was listening to a uh, the latest Rich Roll podcast, or one of them with uh, um, the founder of Impossible Foods, okay, the Impossible yeah. Burger, and stuff. Yeah, and it was it's a really interesting conversation. But he's basically trying to reform the entire food system mm. by essentially eliminating the need for meat. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's not building a company to target like vegans and stuff like that. He's like, I want to build, I want to make food that people who eat meat want to eat. Yes. Because it eliminates the need to eat meat. He's like, I don't really care if vegans like what I make. Yeah. That's not the big issue. Like he, and his view is like, he's like the, the commercial agricultural system is the biggest problem right now to solve. Mm-hmm. It's like, it is such a resource hog. It's incredible. Yeah. So people like that, you know, he 
I got to give him credit. He's trying to do big things. Yeah. And maybe that is in a, and maybe, uh, and again, maybe this is naive, but maybe that is the path forward is to say, to recognize that these big existential problems exist, that we have, we, we have built our society on an extremely complicated system that very few of us actually understand. Yeah. And that, that, that has all sorts of inputs and outputs and, uh, cycles and underpinnings that we have never considered. No, it's all still just a super antiquated system. It's an We're, antiquated system, but everything ma- is run on technology that was made like 150 years ago. Oh my god! Bur- burning fuel. Oh my god! I've got a I've got a sidebar that I'll <laughs> I'll get to after this. Um, but maybe Pat Brown, that's the guy that you were just talking about. Maybe mm-hmm. he's got the right idea. Maybe the founder of Patagonia has got the right idea. He's a little bit more pessimistic, but. The, the simple way forward is to do the best you can with what you've got. And maybe in the pursuit of, for example, eliminating the world's addiction to meat, maybe once you get there, just like solving a complex software problem, maybe once you get there, that opens up new possibilities, like new structural, philosophical mm-hmm possibilities for where we go next but the problem right now like you've said the problem right now is that we've got so many companies and people that are that are just addicted to growth and to to growth for growth's sake to accumulating billions of dollars and then spending it you know burning it trying to get to mars that maybe the reformation of that is what gets us to the next platform where we can go, okay, now we can see a little bit clearer. We've given ourselves some breathing room. We've slowed growth down. And now there's actually a way to make this more of a closed system or a cyclical system, or Mm -hmm. maybe that's not possible, but I mean, humanity won't go forever. I'm not that that's another thing as well, but I'm just thinking for the, you know, our context, our time, the time we've been given, um, maybe that is the way forward. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. Fortunately, I think a lot of humans are pretty short-sighted and their only concern is their time on the planet. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I don't really care what happens after. I just want money. I just want money because I, I'm told that that's what I need. Although I wonder if most humans, like most humans feel that way. Like for me personally, you know, there's there's that theory of sorry, is anyone still listening? <laughs> <laughs> for me personally, there is has been kind of an enough number in terms of like what I need to live. I think I'm basically there. Like you and I will, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get into this in the next topic, maybe. Yeah. Essentially since April my basic needs and my family's basic needs have been met and that removed a mountain of pressure off me. And I'm a white male college educated in Canada. Imagine, you know, there's, there's billions of people, especially in India and China who would, you know, gladly (laughs) switch places with me. And I, I don't think they necessarily want a Maserati 
They just want to get to a place where their basic needs are met in a in a reliable way. I think that's probably what most humans want. I mean, I think that's still a huge problem. Like the amount of growth that would be required in our current system to get them there is is whoa is uh, yeah mind boggling. I mean, maybe I don't know. I mean, I've done no research on this, but it seems to me that it could probably be done mm-hmm. now with some sort of redistribution of where people are putting their energy yes all these other things are happening and growing at the expense of people living just basic healthy lives again even if no one's still listening is anyone still listening um (laughs) that for you and i i feel like this is important to talk about because we are in a position where we now have space to think about what we're going to be do what we're going to do with what we've been given mm-hmm. and like if people like us like two white dudes in north america that have built a software company if we can't think about world problems and really wrestle with these big hairy confusing topics i don't know who can like there's so many so much opportunity for us to do some good in the world and even that is difficult to do well, to do good in the world that's not egotistical or... Right, like selfish or self-serving in some way. Yeah, or just naive. Yeah. Right, like missionaries going to Africa or something. Right. Um, but again, even those problems, if who else in the world is equipped to, do, to tackle that stuff? You know, there's, there's a lot of problems in the world, but I don't want to be the kind of capitalist <laughs> who just gets comfortable and then says, okay, well, that's it. Like, uh, you know, I'm done. I got mine and screw everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, I think we've talked about this before. I don't think either of us are really in this for the money necessarily. Like it provides a, a, a life and a level of comfort, but beyond that, it, mm-hmm. it's not like, I, I mean, I, for one, I'm not here I'm not wanting other these huge things that are expensive or extravagant. Yeah. At all. Like past a certain point, I think that I don't know, there's research on this, like seventy or seventy five thousand dollars a year, like past that mm-hmm. really provides no extra I don't know, happiness or amount of comfort really. Like mm-hmm. although I, I just wanna i I'm sorry to be <laughs> such a such an asshole. But that $75,000 number, there's something that's always bugged me about that because it's been $75,000 for like five, 10 years or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's 80. The, the principle applies, but yeah. yeah the, there is an amount past where, like, yeah, yeah it doesn't, it doesn't matter. really matter. Yes. Well, folks, let's take a break. Deep breath. Deep breath. Let's talk about some some really ethical capitalists. Honey Badger. They're, this podcast is brought to you by HoneyBadger.io. They are error monitoring for your web application. If there's an error, they'll notify you about it. They can even automatically add an error report ticket to like Slack. It's pretty cool. Like they'll, they'll notify you about it. If you have a web app, you need it. Head over to HoneyBadger.io and start a free trial. I also want to say, just as a bonus, like you've got to listen to their podcast, Founder Quest. Uh, just open up your podcast player, search for Founder Quest, 
and hit subscribe. All right. That was pretty heavy. Um, what do you think we should talk about next? Should we talk about, should we talk about, uh, how we spend our money (laughs) or yeah. What do you want to talk about next? Do we want to talk Uh, about SSO? Uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about SSO. I honestly haven't looked at all the feedback yet. Yeah. We we can briefly talk, we can briefly touch on it. Like uh, we brought it up last week as something we're looking into for our Mm -hmm. private podcast feature. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who's given us feedback. Like there's a lot of, we got a lot of really good feedback from listeners yeah. about just different approaches and people have reached out and said, Hey, if you want to hop on a call sometime, I'll talk, it, talk about it with you or do a video call. I can show you how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you to everyone. I, yeah, I, I haven't looked at it all yet really. Yeah. Um, I, I but, think one of the challenge was, challenges with that topic, we're talking about single sign on right now. One of the challenges with this topic, and it became quite clear as we got these responses is that your the advice you are giving really depends on what planet you're from. <laughs> Does that make sense? What do you think I mean by that metaphor? Uh, I don't know. Can you please <laughs> elaborate? <laughs> Meaning on some people's planets they are working in an enterprise organization or serving enterprise organizations. This is their world. They wake up every day. That is what they live and breathe. And they are used to uh, providing service at a certain level with a certain amount of infrastructure, with a certain amount of sales teams and um, you know, developers on staff and yeah. a certain level of complexity. The planet you and I are from is very different. It's a planet of two people, <laughs> and we are not sure if we want to build that kind of infrastructure on our planet. We don't right. know if we want to, you know, let's uh, let's really expand this metaphor. Like uh, we could we could create a spaceship docking station that accommodates little spaceships, and that doesn't require very much work. You know, it's just a little simple airlock. Or we have to be able to accommodate the Borg. And mm-hmm. like if the Borg pull up with their ship, they need like, you know, thousands of airlocks and they need us to authenticate <laughs> through their uh, whatever. And, you know, it, it gets a lot more complicated. And uh, as I've been parsing some of the responses, my first question has always been, okay, well, what planet are you on, uh, advice right. giver? Because the advice might be good, but if it doesn't match, you know, with what we want to do, like, so just SSO on its own is a whole level of complexity. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, again, if you're in that world, you might say, well, no, it's not a big deal. We do this all the time. This is just how we do things. Yeah. People like us do things like this. Right. But that's someone, yeah, coming from that world where it's just how it's done. Mm-hmm. it's maybe not the first integration they've done with it. I I think, I think looking at the feedback even and talking about it last week and kind of what we're looking for, like single sign on might not actually be what we want. Yeah. It's more of a directory syncing, which yes. isn't really single sign on. Yeah. Although the more I've explored it, this is what bugs me is that there is for authentication, there is this protocol called single sign-on and it's just become, and now there are plug and play 
utilities for that protocol, like Auth0 and Okta and all these other things that got suggested to us. And they're expensive, but a small little company like us could implement them with maybe minimal difficulty. And they provide a way of having a third party who's trusted, like Google, say, okay, we are, we, you, Transistor, and you, big enterprise company, are going to use a third party to entrust the um, identity of all these people. Uh, like, we're going to auth through them. Right. But there is no simple protocol, which is actually bonkers to me, that doesn't use SSO for HR contact sync. Now, in the marketing world, we have contact sync, like MailChimp, and we we do you and I do this with Transistor. We have a a way of through the MailChimp API of querying a MailChimp list of theoretically bringing people in, taking people out, you know, putting people on lists, right? Mm-hmm. But nothing seems to exist. Like there's no easy protocol that's universal because we we can't just we can't just build it with one company <laughs> and they, they say well we use uh you know uh, internal hr uh bits and we're like okay well we'll integrate with internal hr bits yeah yeah i it's weird because people throw around sso as as if it's like this standard protocol and that's what it is but it's might be and but there's all these companies doing it slightly differently <laughs> yes so yeah. I, I think that's that's part of the challenge and i was talking to a guy at uh, we have this geek beers meetup and uh, i was talking to this fellow last night about it and in some ways we were both looking at each other like we're both from a different planet like he's saying well what you want like that no nobody does that like if you, especially if you're going to serve enterprise customers like they don't do that and i'm saying well if they don't do that maybe i don't want to be in that business and he's right. like, well, you're crazy because everyone wants to be in that business. <laughs> so I, and of course, there's always the question of, well, maybe there is a simple way of having some sort of authenticated, secure contact directory sync for like employee lists. Right. Well, there's there's LDAP, which is potentially supported by... A lot of different like that is a that is a standard protocol. Oh, lightweight directory access protocol, uh, which might be supported by a lot of those other like single sign-on platforms, like let's say I don't know Google or Microsoft or whatever. Well, I know I it 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 seems like this would be pretty not easy, but if everybody in the world was using Active Directory, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like okay. Well, we could do this easy. Like okay, we'll just. We'll just integrate with Active Directory, and now we're done. You know, you're, every enterprise in the world uses it, but they don't. So that's the problem. <laughs> some right. people use Active Directory, and some people use Google Suite, and some people use, you know, probably stuff we've never heard of. And it just it's it's weird to me that there's no Zapier or Zapier for this problem, right. and. And maybe just people are using Zapier. Like that's that's the the solution. Yeah, I mean the ideal flow that I'm thinking of is 
you're a customer with Transistor and you want to have a private podcast. And there's a page that says, sync my contacts. Mm-hmm. And you, maybe you choose a provider that you use and you click OK and you authenticate and give us access. Mm-hmm. And then maybe there's groups of people within that list that you choose you want to add to Transistor. Mm-hmm. And anytime anyone is either added or moved to from that group, they are given access or revoked access mm. to a private podcast. That's it. That's all. I think that's all we need. They're really, we're not, we're not really dealing with authentication because that's not how we've thought of this, mm-hmm. but maybe that's what we need. To, maybe that's what we need to do. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. It looks like now I'm looking at it. There, there is something called Google cloud directory sync. And I wonder if we could just start with like Google Cloud Directory Sync and um, Active Directory Sync. I I think one thing that worries me is that even if this is the best solution for us personally, the SSO is just the the buzzword that keeps getting thrown at us from clients. Mm -hmm. And if that's what they want emotionally we might have to deliver that because we can't just say, they'll, they'll say, do you have SSO? And they don't enti- might not even entirely know what that means. They just know that their IT team said, listen, this is how we integrate with things like, people like us <laughs> integrate with apps like yours, like this. Mm-hmm. This is how we yeah. do it. And so we might, emotionally, there just might be too much momentum there behind SSO where they're like, no, this is just the way we do it. I'm like, okay, well, that's not ideal because SSO would require each of your employees to click on a link. It's just going to add another step in this onboarding process. Like they have to click on a link and then we just add their email address to our <laughs> our record, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, right. I mean, uh, yeah, we're looking for the simplest solution for both us and our customers and they may not overlap (laughs) yes exactly Uh, but man this is the benefit of a podcast right here is because again i don't know if anyone's still listening (laughs) but for us you and i to have a chance to just hash that out like verbally it feels like we if anybody in the world could listen to that and go oh i see the full picture now I understand now why this isn't just an easy decision for you. Right. There are many variables at play, including what kind of company does John and Justin want to run? What kind of customers does John and Justin want to serve? What kind of due process does John and Justin want to do every time they get a new customer? And then on the other side, what do these types of customers want? Even it might not even be what's best. They just want, for well, SSO. Right. They want they want what they use, and they want what their employees use. Yes. So it's so that it's not confusing. Or they just and, want what the boss told them to get. Right. Yeah. Well, we don't do SSO. Okay. Well, the boss told me to get SSO. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It, it is a good. It, it's great that we have this space to hash this out, but also uh, to get feedback from. Mm-hmm. People. Yeah, because this is, uh, I'm sure lots of other people are, are on a similar 
similar path yeah. or have had to deal with similar things. Uh, do you want? Let's talk quickly about money. Uh, we had this thing called budgeting, and we we got a few people that responded to us on Twitter said, "Yeah, I want to know about budgeting," but they wanted to know about it differently than I was thinking about it. Uh, specifically, how has our budgeting evolved over time? Mm-hmm. And by budgeting, we're talking about uh, money. That how do we spend our money? Right. And we've had other episodes about this. But I think we could summarize it by saying early on, we spent as little as we could. Yeah. In fact, looking at those profit and loss statements from the early months is almost hilarious. <laughs> How cheap it was. How cheap it was. I, I think like early on, you were you were pretty like, no, let's keep costs down, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I still feel that way. By the way, what, what's driving that? Why do you feel like we should keep costs down? Oh, I just think it's it can be easy to throw money at problems. Mm. And that may not always be the best solution to that. Mhm. But why why not just throw money at problems? Because I think once you start doing it, it just it, it spiral out of control. <laughs> okay. And now and like, you know, and now you're dependent on $5,000 infrastructure costs per month. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, and 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 I think the the kind of um, maybe the overarching philosophy behind that is that the from what I've <laughs> gathered from you, whatever we have in profit, we can then distribute to you and I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're keeping costs down because or, we don't, you know, or you know, hire someone or yes, right, distribute other places like. You and I, employees, or maybe uh, other projects. Um, going back to our first discussion that hmm. that we uh, that we might want to embark on. Right. Early on, we spent as little as we could, and that I think that makes sense. This was a side project, and we just didn't have the money. Like we didn't have the money for email marketing. We didn't have the money for hosting. We used. Um, <laughs> those Stripe Atlas credits for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that lasted for a long time. Um, so we signed up for Stripe Atlas, and as a part of that, you get $3,000 in credits or something? $5,000 in 5, AWS, AWS credits, yeah. Uh, we used Kayako early on because it was free. Um, every And every single $20 purchase we talked about. Mm-hmm. And some of that, I think, was uh, even philosophical like we're not going to get addicted to spending money on things because your caught controlling your costs is kind of the the one thing you can do to make sure you don't get to trouble in the future but there was there's also a psychological component to that to to say like oh our business is profitable Mm, from the start from the first two months or whatever that's right yeah we've had um i'm just looking at our our cash flow over the years uh, since uh, January 2018. And yeah, at first these numbers are so small, like yeah. little, like $700 profit. And then the next month, 485. And then the next month we had a loss of 267. But then we popped back up 1,270. But you, I think folks at home can see these are very small numbers. So if this is a side project for you, uh, I think getting into that habit of being very frugal, um, 
you know, finding ways to do things cheap or um, free is a good good thing to do. When we went full time, it feels like so April and July of this year, it feels like things changed a little bit. We we opened up the purse strings a little bit there. Yeah, I think we're yeah we were in much better position to uh, look look deeper at the finances and how we're doing and actually say oh yeah we can spend money on this it's worth it saves us time and trouble and it's not gonna not gonna make us go broke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and some of those topics have been as we grow, talking about the pains of growth. As you grow your infrastructure, it can't just run on those little, you know, those little servers you started with. It can't just run on, um, you know, what what started off as pretty cheap bandwidth <laughs> very quickly turns into yeah. expensive bandwidth. Yeah. And so we started being willing to, you know, if you were in our Slack, you would see John saying, hey, um, thinking about this, like maybe we should start increase our are spending on this. And sometimes it was by like 300% or 2000%. Right. <laughs> but it was because we realized we just, in order to make this business work and scale it as we get more customers, um, or even just to serve our existing customers, this is the other thing about growth is like, even if we just kept our like 1500 customers and that's it, um, theoretically their podcasts are going to keep growing, Right. Right. So even if we just stayed with the same number of customers, our scaling would have to increase because they're going to be the download numbers are going to keep going up, theoretically. Exactly. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah, there's yeah, there's all sorts of background jobs happening and processing things. It all, it all takes CPU power and more database queries and. Hmm. Um. So yeah, putting putting a little bit of money into that. I think I still think our our costs are still really low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Our our profit margin still feels quite nice. Um, yeah. So now I think so. That was the mid stage is where we started paying ourselves, um, just kind of a minimal salary, and then started opening up. You know, spending on things we still debate almost every purchase <laughs> yeah uh, I, I think what brought this around for, this topic around for me was that i i just bought a computer um to replace my personal computer i've been using for transistor so i I've, this one's dying so now transistor is gonna buy me a computer um and uh, <laughs> uh we t- we've talked about it a lot like this is yeah for us uh you know four or five thousand dollars or whatever it ended up being um is a big purchase still. And, you know, we went back and forth. And um, what's funny is at the time we had some accounting bugs <laughs> yeah. that, were, that were showing we had way less profit than we thought we had. So we're, I think I was kind of nervous, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be spending anything. <laughs> uh, I've since fixed those. And, and now, I, in retrospect, I wish I'd ordered a more expensive computer. But... Um, <laughs> Now, the position we're at now, I think this is a little bit dangerous position, is we have profit and we have to figure out what we're going to do with it. Yeah. So, right. So some of that is, yeah, figuring out if we're giving ourselves raises or bonuses or are we starting to then... Or dividends. Dividends. Are we going to 
you know, start paying for more of the services we use day to day through the company, mm -hmm. healthcare, phones. Yeah. Uh, is there equipment we should buy before the end of the year? Are there things we should pay for this year, like prepay this year? Um, the other thing that I think we should do, I can look into again, which goes back to our first topic, is mm -hmm. joining something like 1% for the planet, mm -hmm. which is basically you sign up and sort of commit as a business to give 1% of your annual sales to uh, basically you donate. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be into that. I, I, I'd be into that because I think it, it puts... Again, maybe it's just a naive <laughs> action, but at least it's a starting point. Well, going... I think it's good. It's uh, the guy from Patagonia as a co-founder. Okay, all right. So I think it's 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 one that I think is trusted, and they spend mm -hmm. the money. They spend the money well. And... Yeah. So these are the decisions we're making now, and I, I think that contrast is interesting because the, the 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 fellow that asked about our budgeting on Twitter, I think, was earlier on. Yeah, early on, it is way different than the way it feels now. And certainly the danger that I feel like we're in now is when you do have money, you you now have to think about, like, what do we do with it? Like, if, hmm. if a recession hits in February of 2020, will we be, will we regret buying Justin that computer and booking two tickets for MicroConf? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, th there's these challenging questions do we take it out and bury it in your backyard yes we do or <laughs> <laughs> trump can't find it yeah. and even actually uh this would be a good topic for the future uh by the way how how long does your timer say uh we're at 50 some minutes oh i'm so sorry all right folks, 57 oh god we're gonna end it right here everyone's everyone's asleep everyone's asleep uh, John, why don't you go through our uh, Patreon supporters? Yeah, thanks as always to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we have James Sowers from userinput.io, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley from nicethings.io, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassi, Pratyumna Schimbecker, Noah Prail, David Colgan, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray from alitu.com, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Miguel Pedrofita, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis. My brother, Dan Buda. DanBuda.com. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com and our sponsors this week, Active Campaign and Honey Badger. Are you still listening? If you are, thanks. We will see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. 
If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.